Now, if you look in the bulletin, I've said something like this in my little statement about tonight's sermon. Uh, I said one of the one of the results of prayer is the comfort that you feel and that I feel when we realize how near God is to us when we pray. That's a wordy way to say that, and you should have seen how I had it before I got it down to that. But it's really a, a tremendous truth. It really is. You know, there's so many results of prayer, but we, we don't think much about the comfort that we feel when we pray. There is a real comfort to prayer. And maybe I've learned that in a new way, and the comfort comes in realizing how near God is to us when we pray. Now, we see that in the Bible. If you'd open your Bible to the book of Deuteronomy, and it's probably not a book that you maybe read a, a, a much, but uh, it's a great book in the Bible. Uh, it really is just a book filled with Moses' farewell addresses. If that's all you want to remember, at least you'll have a, a, a general idea of what the book is about. Uh, the word Deuteronomy literally means second law. The first part of that word is to mean second, and the second part of that word comes from the word that means law. And, and what the situation is, is that before this new generation is going to move into the promised land and be under the leadership of of Joshua, because Moses knows he's not going to be the one to lead them into the promised land. Uh, what we have in this whole book of Deuteronomy is that Moses is committed by God to uh, go over all the laws that he had given, like rehearse them so this new generation will understand them. Like if you just look, go back to the very first verse, chapter 1, verse 1 in Deuteronomy says, these are the words which Moses spoke to all Israel on this side of the Jordan in the wilderness. In other words, they've never gotten across the Jordan. They've never come into the promised land. So they're over here on this side. And God said, now this, this new generation, they need to hear the things that I have taught. And so you go through this book, and it's very, very interesting what you uh, encounter. Now, if you go over to chapter number 4, We'll just, be, because of time, we'll have to skip around a little bit in our reading. But in chapter number four, in verse number one, it says, Now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments which I teach you to observe, that you may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers is giving you. You shall not add, uh, you shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. And then if you skip down to verse 7, something very insightful that teaches us what we're thinking about in these moments. He goes on to say, For what great nation is there that has God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us? That's what Moses is saying to the children of God, the Israelites. He said, What nation is there out there? that has God so near to them as God is to us, for whatever reason, we may call upon him. And so here's the verse in the Bible that teaches us. Of course, it's better to learn it in the experience, but here it is in the Bible that one of the great results of prayer is the comfort that comes to us when we pray, when we realize how near God is to us. Now, One of the ways to help us realize this comfort 
is what is called by many the Trinity principle of prayer. Now, you know, people call many times the same thing by different names. It's kind of like in Houston. We, some of our highways are known by one name, by another name. But it's all the same highway. Okay. Well, the Trinity principle. Now, I, I, I kind of ran across this in a book that someone, and we never knew who. They didn't write in the book. There was no card with the book. There was just a book and a sack. Maybe the card fell out. And we, we, we've never, God has never thanked whoever gave her the book. Maybe they're here tonight and they say, I'm the one that did it. Well, I wish you'd see me after church so I could know and tell God she would want to say thank you. But anyway, back months ago, someone gave the book. Uh, I'd never even heard of the book. But I looked at it, had Billy Graham's picture on the front. And the title of the book is Through My Father's Eyes. And Franklin Graham, Billy Graham's son, uh, one of his sons, wrote this book. And what this book is all about, it's about things that he has learned from his father. So you've got son writing a book about that. Now, I've mentioned this book once. Pre- well, I, I, I read the book and said, you, you ought to read this book. And I did. And it just has blessed me immeasurably. Now, the book is in the bookstore. And if I remember correctly, and there's no discount on this book, but it's good. I think the book's $13. Listen to me. The chapter in prayer that he has in here on prayer in this book is worth buying the whole book. It's not a book you would have to read from. You you could just open a table of contents, decide what you want to read. And you're reading things that Billy Graham has taught his son. And that the chapter on prayer is where he deals with this matter of the Trinity principle. Now, I'm just going to flip over right quick and read maybe just a sentence or two. Uh, Franklin Graham said, my parents believed in the Trinity principle of prayer. Well, I'd never heard it referred to as that. And he explains what that means very simply. And if you take your bulletin, you just fill it in right now. Pray humbly and uh, pray believing and pray with thanksgiving. That's the Trinity principle of prayer. It's very interesting in this book. He talks about, you know, it starts out this chapter. Um, if I can ever get back to pay. It said, often we hear that two is company and three is a crowd. Have you ever heard that? Y'all never heard that? Well, you just heard that. Would you say yes? We just heard that. Yet the world seems to be made up of trinities. And he lists, lists many of them. Time, space, matter. Past, present, future, length, breath, height, love, hate, indifference, heart, flesh, soul, life, sickness, death, morning, noon, night, list just goes on. Well, when he comes down to this, he said, then there is the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, my parents believe in the Trinity principle of prayer. Pray humbly, pray believing, and pray with thanksgiving. And he goes on in this chapter. I'm not going to have time to read the chapter. I would encourage you, if you want to read something good, that's a good $13 buy. Be that as it may, he tells as a younger man, his dad, long before he became over the whole Billy Graham Fantasy Association, his dad would take him to some of these meetings that they would have in cities where they were going to do crusades. And he said to him, now, Franklin, I'm going to let you go with me to the meeting but don't, don't you go to saying anything at the meeting. You go and just observe what 
takes place. And Franklin Graham says what he observed was that the key to the success of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association was prayer. It was not organization, even though that be important. It was not a lot of other things, but he said, I learned that dad was serious about prayer. And he tells story after story of how he learned that. And so I want us to just take those three things very quickly tonight and develop them and think about them in this little time that we have. First of all, pray humbly. Now, I wish you'd turn on over to the right in your Bible to the book of Second Chronicles. Um, probably that's another book that, you know, you don't rush home every day to read, but it's another, it's a great, great book. The first nine chapters in Second Chronicles tells us the four, about the 40 years reign of Solomon. Let's just look in Second Chronicles. Are we there in Second Chronicles yet? Well, look with me. Let's just uh, in verse one, chapter one, verse one says, now Solomon, the son of David was strengthened in his kingdom and the Lord, his God was with him and exalted him exceedingly. And Solomon spoke to all Israel, to the captains, the thousands, the hundreds, to the judges, and to every leader in all Israel, the heads of the fathers of the houses. Then Solomon and all the assembly went with him and went to the high place, which was at Gibeon, for the tabernacle of meeting with God was there, which Moses, a servant of the Lord, had made in the wilderness. Now skip down to verse 7. It says, On that night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, and you've all heard this story, God said to Solomon, Solomon, ask, what shall I give you? And you know how Solomon responded to that. He said, God, you've shown mercy to David, my father. You've made me king in his place. Now, Lord God, let your promise to David, my father, be established, for you have made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. And then here's what Solomon asked. He said, God, give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people, for who can judge this great people of yours? Then God said to Solomon, because this was in your heart, and you've not asked for riches or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked for a long life, but you've asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that you may judge my people over whom I've made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you, and I will give you riches and wealth and honor such as none of the kings have had who were before you, nor shall any have after you. So that's kind of how this book starts off. Now, if you'll just turn some pages, turn over, for example, uh, get over in chapter 6. Just turn over in chapter 6. About the middle way in chapter 6, of course, Solomon has built the temple. And now... In chapter 6, if you just want to mark in your Bible, I'm not going to take the time. Time won't permit to read it. But in chapter 6, beginning of verse 12, Solomon leads in a long prayer of dedication for the temple. It's a powerful prayer. It would be a good thing for us to focus on one night. But he goes through. All from chapter 6, verse 12, all the remainder of that chapter, come over to chapter 7. He's now ready to dedicate the temple. But in chapter 7, verse 1, it says, now, when Solomon had finished praying, now look what happened. This is interesting to me. Fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the what? Filled the temple. When did this happen? After that dedication prayer. 
That would be a great lesson if that's all we had. Now, in chapter 7, he's going to dedicate the temple. And look down uh, in, verse, uh, in verse number 12. Because what happens in verse 12 is he's going to dedicate this temple. After that long prayer, uh, he has a second appearance from God. His first appearance was back in chapter 1 when God said, what do you want me to give you? And we just read that. Now here in chapter 7, verse 12, the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up heaven and there's no rain or command of locusts to devour the land or pestilence among my people. And then here's the verse we hear quoted so often. Perhaps you quote it. We all do. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now, you may want to make a note. In this verse 14, what we have, we have the conditionals for national forgiveness, talking about the nation Israel. Uh, for their sins, and they're fourfold. You might want to just jot them down. First, look in verse 14, and you see it, is humility. This is condition number one. Humble themselves. Condition number two is prayers, right in the verse. Condition number three is a longing for God. He says, those that seek my face. And then number four, the fourth condition, is repentance, and turn from their evil ways. You ought to jot down a verse in Psalm 9, verse 12. Psalm 9, verse 12, the Bible says, God does not forget the cry of the humble. So as, as we think about praying, this was true for Israel, but it's true for all of God's people. The starting place is always to humble ourselves. And then the second part, Pray, believe him. Pray, believe him. Turn over in the Gospel of Matthew, if you will, in chapter 21. We'll just see the verse. You mark it. Go back and read the details later. But it's a very exciting portion of Scripture. In Matthew chapter 21, of course, you have the triumphal entry of Jesus recorded. You have Jesus cleansing the temple down about verse number 12. And then in verse 14, Jesus heals a blind and lame. They came to him in the temple, and he healed all of them. And then we come down uh, about verse number 18, chapter 21, verse 18. And Jesus now has gone back over uh, to spend the night in verse 17 at Bethany, which is just right over the backside of the Mount of Olives. In verse 18, it says, now in the morning, as Jesus returned to the city, that is Jerusalem, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves and said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. And immediately the fig tree withered away. Now, verse 20, when the disciples saw it, they marveled saying, how did the fig tree wither away as soon? And Jesus said, verse 20, Jesus answered and said to them, surely I say to you, if you have the faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it will be done. Now look in verse 22, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, 
you will receive. Now, there's a verse with a lot of distorted theology from that verse. That's the name it, claim it verse. You just, whatever you want, brother, you just ask God to do it. Now, that's a true statement, but Jesus obviously, and we know it, and I'll show you the verse, there are many others, presupposes that as we pray believing, we're praying according to God's will. Jot down a Bible verse, if you will. Jot down 1 John, 1 John chapter 5, verse number 14. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to God's will, he hears us. And we know if he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we had asked of him. So the Bible's not teaching. Jesus is not saying back Matthew, you know, you just go out and you just pray anything you want to pray, and if you just believe it's just going to happen. Well, it will if we're praying according to God's will. So we pray believing. And I'm telling you, uh, the other side of that coin is, I fear many times things that are God's will, we, we don't really pray believing. We just pray kind of hoping it might happen. There is a power to believing. Could I have an amen to that? There really is a power to believe. We pray about things. We feel like this is the will of God. We don't see any scripture that would teach us contrary. And I'm telling you, God not only hears it, God moves and responds to it. So the Trinity principle, pray humbly, pray believing, and then pray with thanksgiving. Pray with thanksgiving. And that verse, many of them, but Philippians chapter 4 in verses 6 and 7. I love those verses. It says, uh, be, don't be, be anxious for nothing. The NIV translates that next little phrase, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Having a thankful spirit. Here we are in the Thanksgiving month, and I know you're thankful people. I'm a thankful person. But we all need to be more thankful than we are even. Could I have an amen to that? We just are so blessed by God. We have so many things going for us. And one of the great things we have going for us, we have a God who hears our prayers. And God will answer our prayers. And, and the, the key to whatever we do in kingdom work is prayer. 